Is the Civil War on the ballot in 2024? Let's talk about that on this episode of The Brian McClanahan Show. Hey everybody, Brian McClanahan here. The woke madness in history education is off the rails. Well, how do we change it? McClanahanAcademy.com. And because you listen to this podcast, if you use the coupon code PODCAST at checkout, you get 25% off every day, all day, 365 days a year, on every class at McClanahanAcademy.com. So go to McClanahanAcademy.com, use coupon code PODCAST at checkout, and get a real history education at 25% off. If you like this podcast and you want it without advertisements, head over to Patreon.com and become a member of The Brian McClanahan Show. For 10 bucks a month, you get all the podcasts ad-free, including video, and you also get a special Q&A podcast. I'm only going to answer your questions, your listener-generated episodes, through those Q&As. So, head over to Patreon.com, get this podcast ad-free, no ads, not even things like this, and you really do help support The Brian McClanahan Show with really cool stuff on the back end. If you like this podcast, don't forget to follow me on social media. Find me on Twitter, now X, at Brian McClanahan. Also on Facebook, at Brian McClanahan. And on YouTube, where you can watch the podcast, at Brian McClanahan. It's a great time. I'd love to see you there. It's time to think locally and act locally. Welcome to the Brian McClanahan Show. Welcome back to the Brian McClanahan Show. Very glad to be back on the program. Very glad to have you here. And of course, it seems like the Civil War, quote-unquote Civil War, which is, of course, a misnomer, is on the ballot in 2024. This is really amazing. And I've talked about the history wars a lot on this podcast. But it shows you how ridiculously stupid American politics really are. There are so many other things to talk about, and yet, history's on the ballot. Why? The question is why. Why is history on the ballot in 2024? Well, we know that at its core, history serves as the basis of the culture wars. We see it all the time. Look, the 1619 Project is based on a faulty understanding of history in a lot of ways. In some ways, it's an accurate understanding of history, but in others, it's a faulty understanding of the Lincolnian nation. You see, what's really on the ballot in 2024 is not the war. And as this Washington Post piece points out, it's not race. What's on the ballot is Lincoln's understanding of the Union. The Lincolnian American nation is on the ballot. Because you see, what's going on in American politics right now is a threat to that Lincolnian nation. If Texas is on the ballot, it's a threat to the, Lincoln, to, the Link, to the Lincolnian nation, if I can speak this morning. It's a threat to the Lincolnian nation, right, if Texas is on the ballot. That's why they're trying to block it in Texas, or at least some Republicans argue, and you can't, you can't trust Republicans. If nullification is on the ballot, if state sovereignty is on the ballot, it's a threat to this Lincolnian view of America. That's the important thing. Really, if any decentralization is on the ballot, it's a threat to Lincolnian America. And we can't have that. We can't have that at all. That's dangerous to the establishment. So that's really what's happening here. And of course, those that are driving this narrative that the war is on the ballot, it's not about race, even though they're going to try to make it that way. And they want to make it that way because, of course, that serves their political ends. As I said on my Twitter feed, if you go out and look at it, it's my pinned post. America doesn't have a race problem. It has a Yankee problem. 
This question was presented, or this saying that the war is on the ballot now, comes out of New Hampshire, where Nikki Haley was there campaigning and, of course, was asked a question from somebody in the audience in New Hampshire. Now, can you imagine someone asking her this question, say, in Alabama? Nobody would have. But in New Hampshire, someone did. Now, Nikki Haley, of course, fumbled and flopped and everything else, because that's what she does. Nikki Haley, there's a devastating campaign video from the DeSantis camp on Nikki Haley, and all the time she's lied and said she didn't say something, and they have it on tape where she's saying things. I mean, it's, it's just absolutely embarrassing for Nikki Haley. Anyone that votes for Nikki Haley is an idiot. The other thing, um, Nikki Haley uh, is clearly the establishment choice, which is why they're promoting her. They're propping her up right now, because they think that she has a chance to win. Now, she doesn't. But when the establishment picks someone, vote against them every single time because they never have a chance to win. The establishment loved John McCain and Mitt Romney, and they never had a chance to win. right? So this is the point. Whoever the establishment goes to, whoever the never-Trumpers, or the, all the, you know, the Republican, whoever they go to, vote against that person because they're dangerous. So we've got this Washington Post piece that says a civil war you know, is, is the campaign issue. In fact, let me read the title to you. It says, Civil War talk in presidential contest reveals fresh divisions on race. No, it doesn't. There's no fresh divisions on race. There aren't any really divisions on race on this, unless people want to make it that way. This is a manufactured crisis coming out of the left. Because they think they can play gotcha. This is the whole thing that historians are doing right now, right? Remember, I've talked about on this podcast, Joe Biden meets with historians. Historians say you have to press the history of the United States, to win this election. So what does he do? He goes to Valley Forge and he makes a really stupid 1850s speech. He says really ridiculous things on his Twitter feed. This is what historians want because they want to have power. And they think that by doing this, we're creating an environment where the Democrats can win. On the other side of it, you have dopes like Victor Davis Hanson and others who are saying, well, you know, the, the real issue here is the Democrat Party is the party of slavery. And the party of the Confederacy. This could be about, the, the election could be about the Civil War because then we can say the Democrats were the party of slavery and Jim Crow and Confederacy. So you see, it's all just stupid. It doesn't even matter. The real issues don't, don't have anything to do with the war other than we've got a massive central government. And this is one thing that I think Nikki Haley was trying to get at. We've got a massive central government that was created as a byproduct of the war. Even historians like James McPherson have said this. James McPherson, by no means a person who would not say slavery was an important issue in the 1850s and 60s, but he said it. The war created the central authority we have today. And that's important for understanding the left. You see, what they've done, what they've started to do is said, all right, look, all you conservatives are right. The original Constitution was a decentralist document. We didn't have this very strong central authority. The states had a lot of powers. We had all of these things. But all that ended in 1865. And it ended in 1865 because the North won the war and we've got the Civil War Amendments. Most importantly, the 14th Amendment, which is the new Constitution. If you've taken my class how the Supreme Court screwed up America, that is the fundamental premise of the class at McClanahan Academy. Go out and get that class, by the way. It's really awesome. So you've got the 14th Amendment, which is now the U.S. Constitution. There, there is, the rest of the Constitution doesn't matter. All that matters is that you have the 14th Amendment, 
The central authority can do whatever it wants because, of course, the 14th Amendment makes it to where the national government supreme in all areas. It can pass whatever legislation it wants. The Necessary and Proper Clause, the Supremacy Clause, all those other clauses make all that possible. And then the states can't do anything to block it because the 14th Amendment incorporates the Bill of Rights into the state constitutions, essentially is what they're saying. The central authority is supreme in every single area. Now, that is the that is the basis of the left. And if they have this Lincolnian America, all of that wins, you see. So if they make this issue, the, the war is on the ballot. They want the war to be on the ballot because they think it produces a situation where the conservatives in America are going to be able to be called racist and all kinds of things because they would have some nuance in these issues. This is why Biden would come out with a tweet and say, let me be clear, the war was about slavery. Now, I'm going to get into that just a little bit. The war was never about slavery. The war was about the preservation of the territorial integrity of the Union. But that's it, because what was left after the war was not the original Constitution, but a new nation. It was about creating a national authority. That's what the war was about. Lincoln made it clear the entire time. He wasn't going to war to end slavery. And when the South had the opportunity many times um, to say, all right, look, we're going to make all these concessions about slavery, they stayed out of the Union. What does that say? The war was about independence. The war was about preserving the Union for the North and independence for the South. In other words, the war was about preventing secession. So, let me get into this. This is, a, again, Washington Post. Civil War talk is in presidential contest reveals fresh divisions on race. What started with a single question from a voter about the origins of the Civil War has morphed into a sprawling political clash over a monumental event in American history, making the Civil War a major component of a presidential election for the first time in recent memory and exposing fresh divisions over race, history, and progress. It doesn't do any of that. It only does that for the dopes on the, on the left, and, of course, some of the idiots on the right who keep trying to say, well, the Democrats are the party of slavery. And then, of course, the dopes on the left who want to make this front and center because they think they can win this. We just show these people they're just a bunch of Confederates. They just want to wave Confederate flags. They just want to say it's all about race. These people are just a bunch of racists. That's, what's, that's, what's, that's what they're about. History wars matter for a bunch of dopey establishment historians who want to gain power. That's the Biden summit with all these historians. I mean, John Meacham and Heather Cox Richardson. and uh, I mean, all the, all the idiots that I talked about in, the, in that last podcast. Since former UN Ambassador Nikki Haley did not mention slavery when asked two weeks ago what sparked the conflict that tore apart the nation from 1861 to 1865, every major presidential candidate has weighed in on it. Again, ridiculously stupid. That should never have happened. And you can just see it. A little little reporter. You think the war was about slavery? Oh, you didn't say slavery, so... And even when the Simpsons spoof this, you know how stupid this all is, right? The Simpsons. They spoofed it years ago in the citizenship application. Well, what was the war about? Well, there's all these things. Uh, you know, we have these uh, different uh, economic issues, power of the central government. No, no, no. Just say slavery. So, okay, slavery it is. Boom, you're passed. Right? I mean, this is what happens in every major college campus in the United States because you can't have complexity. It doesn't work for a political agenda. 
And that's the left's political agenda. It doesn't work for them. If you have complexity, well, that means that maybe that war was a disaster because it exposes their headlong rush into centralization. This progressive movement, by the way, the next class at McClanahan Academy is on American progressivism. You're really going to want to get this class because all these dopes on the left today thinking that there is progress. They're just regurgitating stuff that was said in the 1880s. And right now, Joe Biden is just living in the 1850s. These people aren't modern. They're not progressive. They're regressive. They realize that their entire worldview, their utopian ideology is under threat because it doesn't really work for most people. So they have to shove it down your throat and say, take it and like it. And if they don't, their power is threatened. It's all about power for these people. Get that. Look, at the end of the day, everything we're talking about here is about power. It was about power in the 1850s, about power for the Republican Party in the 1860s. It's about power now for the left. It's always about power. They want to come up with all these fake issues because this really isn't even an issue. We've got all kinds of things to talk about. Centralization of power is a big one. We've got the economy to talk about. Is it doing well? Is it not doing well? We've got all these uh, issues of foreign policy. We've Biden just launched another war, right? Another strike without congressional approval. So we've got all these things to talk about, real issues. And yet we're sitting here debating the war in 1861 to 1865. Now, I'm not going to be one that says that understanding our history isn't important. But there's a lot of other things we should be talking about for major candidates in 2024. Their commentary sheds light on how each party is addressing long-standing divisions over the le legacy of its most divisive period and what they mean for the current battles over race in America. The current battles over race. Again, a lot of this is fabricated for political reasons because it helps gain power. That's the whole point. You wouldn't bring this stuff up if it didn't help you gain something, whether it's you know, whatever it is. Usually it's power. Republicans often downplay the worst components of the Civil War era, arguing that the country has moved far beyond its earlier sins and does not benefit from resurfacing them. Democrats, by contrast, see an integral tie between America's history of racism and its modern-day reality and draw very different conclusions about what is needed to address that history. Now, I, I think that's actually a, a true statement, but what is, what is the key component to all of that? It's about power. Republicans don't see a pathway to power to keep regurgitating these things, and I agree. And the Democrats see a pathway to power to keep talking about this stuff because it fires up their base, and they think that, well, we're the party of the... This is why the Republicans try to say, no, 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 you guys are the party of slavery, but they're not going to pay attention to that. Why? Because at the bottom of the big bowl of the rhetoric, at the bottom of that is all the candy, you see. So the candy is going to be more important than anything else. For the Republicans, they, they see a way, well, this... You know, we've got, if you vote for us, uh, we're going to, uh, to have this decentralized government, which of course they never do. What, they, what they've done though, if you look at how he phrases this, country, country has moved far beyond its earlier sins. It does not uh, benefit from resurfacing them. What they're saying and in some ways is that they've adopted the position of the left 
but yet we've improved from that. You see, this is why I say that the 1776 Commission Report and the 1619 Project are two sides of the same coin. They both fundamentally agree. You ask a West Coast Strauss and what calls the war, they'll say slavery. You ask Victor Davis Hanson what calls the war slavery. I, I just did this. You ask a, you ask a conservative, a, an establishment conservative. Nikki Haley kind of fumbled the question, but generally you ask an establishment conservative what calls the war slavery. But you know what we did? We moved beyond that. Look at all the great things that we've done. The left is just saying we've never really achieved anything. But you see, they're all starting from the same point. When you do that, you've lost. The Civil War has never really left American politics. It just seems to have exploded in this moment, said Tim Galsworthy, a historian at Bishop uh, Bishop University, Bishop Grotesque University, who is writing a book about the Republican Party and memories of the Civil War. When the U.S. is divided, the Civil War becomes that great reference point because it's the ultimate moment of division. He's writing a book about the Republican Party and memories of the Civil War. Now, I find all this talk about memory studies to be the most idiotic thing in American history, in the historical profession. Do you want to know why? Because history is memory. So what he's doing is he's writing a history, a book about the Republican Party and history of the Civil War. Not memories of the Civil War. He's writing a book about history. John Lukacs had the best definition of it. History is the remembered past. If, if, if you don't remember it, I mean, yeah, things happen, but we don't even know what they were. We know there's been, you know, all kinds of people have walked this planet. We have known nothing about them because they're not remembered. But we remember certain things, and so we talk about those things. History is a remembered past. This is when, you know, David Blight, this new field of memory studies and how people remember things. Um, that's called history. <laughs> it's ridiculously stupid. But because people don't have a firm grasp, they think history is something else. I, I don't know what they think history is, but it's how we remember things. The subject is especially vol volatile now with the issue of Insurrection back in the spotlight for the first time in 160 years. Oh, yeah. The issue of insurrection is back in the spotlight. Mm -hmm. The war wasn't an insurrection at all. And really, January 6th wasn't an insurrection either. It was a protest. But not an insurrection. In fact, no one's... I mean. The left has made a lot of political capital out of this. And, of course, they've got a lot of people thrown in jail for saying they were engaged in an insurrection. I want to know why nobody said that all these other marches on the Capitol or any state Capitol have been called insurrections. Or when you had lefties bombing a, a, a courthouse in Oregon, why that wasn't called an insurrection. What was that? That was a peaceful but fiery protest, you see. What the Republicans did was an insurrection. Because, think about it. Why is it an insurrection? Because it threatens their power. It threatens the establishment power. The left firebombing a courthouse doesn't threaten their power because those are those are those they're their people, right? That's that gives them power. It's only insurrection when the left's power is in question. You see, they would actually classify, this is think about it, 1994, when the Republicans took power in the Congress for the first time. What did the left call it? A revolution. A revolution. It's a toppling of the established power order. Well, it wasn't, but that's what they called it. They use these terms, these incendiary terms, because that helps them in their narrative. We have to stop this revolution. We have to stop this insurrection. 
just by saying that, what they are admitting is that they're the, they're the court, they're the established class, and they are the ones who are destined to hold the reins of power. In fact, it's their right to hold those reins of power. You see, they are the monarchists. This is their order, and you threaten that. If you threaten that, you're a revolutionary or an insurrectionist. It's the court. Some of former President Donald Trump's adversaries are seeking to disqualify him for trying to overturn the 2020 election, while his supporters are downplaying the seriousness of the January 6, 2021 assault on the U.S. Capitol, portraying it as a heroic battle against injustice. In recent days, those divisions have been laid bare by presidential candidates' decision to train their attention even briefly on the past rather than the future. Trump alleged a civil war could have been avoided through negotiation, a notion almost unanimously rejected by historians. Well, he's right. This is because historians are stupid. If Again, go out to my Twitter feed and look. There's a historian named Brooke Simpson, right? Brooke Simpson, who is a complete idiot, but, and he's supposedly conservative. I, I figured this out yet. But anyways... He said, hey, show me one place where the, where the Southerners tried to compromise. All right, well, how about the Crittenden Compromise? How about the, how about the Washington Peace Conference? Now, now, granted, the Crittenden Compromise was only South Carolina had left the Union at that point. Only South Carolina. And you had Jefferson Davis on the Committee of 13. He would have voted for it, would have supported it. But when they couldn't get any Republican support, he said, I'm not, I'm not supporting any of this because it's not going to solve any of the issues. And you know why it wouldn't work? Because Lincoln was telling Republicans, don't vote for the compromise. And they didn't. You see, this is the point. Trump is 100% correct. It could have been avoided through negotiation. In 1860. In fact, there's actually a book on William H. Seward where the historian claims that if Seward had won and not Lincoln, we wouldn't have had the war. Because Seward would have compromised and ended the conflict. You see? This is the whole point. Trump is 100% correct about that. It could have been negotiated. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis slammed Haley for admitting slavery as a factor in the war, but he faces scrutiny over his own efforts to restrict how slavery and its legacy are taught in schools. See, this is DeSantis, the West Coast Straussian. This is where DeSantis is dangerous in many ways. He's just one of them. President Biden, meanwhile, eagerly joined the fray, using the debate over the Civil War to make a broader case that Trump and his election denialism represent a threat to the nation reminiscent of the Confederacy and its aftermath. Let me be clear, for those who don't seem to know, slavery was the cause of the Civil War. No, it wasn't. Slavery wasn't the cause of the war. You can say slavery was a, was a major factor in secession. The question is, why slavery? Because it represented power. Okay, so this is a whole, I've, I've got a whole video on that. If you want to go out and look at that Brian McClanahan show, go look up the episode Why Slavery, I talk about it. Plus, you can also take my classes at McClanahan Academy where I get into this in a lot more detail. Okay. Biden said this during a campaign event Monday at Mother Emanuel AME, a historic black church in Charleston, South Carolina. Now, why would he say it there? Why would he say it there? Because that's where Dylan Roof went on his murderous rampage. So he goes there. This is political capital. I mean, it's just so it's so blatantly stupid. But again, this is what these people do. 
Now we're living in an era of a second lost cause. Once again, there are some of this country trying to turn a loss into a lie. But that's not what the lost cause really was about. <laughs> There's another great account over in, in Twitter, uh, Jefferson Davis. The account is Jefferson Davis. And he's been posting a lot of stuff recently on a book that the UDC didn't want taught. And all of the things it says in the book... And he's asking questions. Well, um, if this is the case, uh, then you, you think that this was a good history book? Because all this racist stuff in the book, the UDC didn't want it. And there was an article in 2019 about how the UDC is trying to rewrite history. We just had this textbook. You mean with all this stuff in it? Imagery from the January 6th attack and a 2017 white supremacist rally in Charlottesville, both of which have been featured prominently in Biden's presidential campaigns, provide explicit echoes of the Civil War. The Charlottesville rally erupted over plans by the city to remove a statue of Confederate General Robert E. Lee, while the January 6th insurrection featured a Confederate flag brandished through the Capitol by a rider. Now, now what's funny about that, uh, when any other symbol is used in any other violent uh, episode, like so if uh, uh, somebody goes on a rampage and they had a rainbow flag, for example, do we say that that flag was the cause of that? We don't do that, but only with these symbols, you see? because it has political capital for the left. Symbols don't make anybody do anything. A statue doesn't make anybody do anything. A flag doesn't make anybody do anything. But it was a December town hall in New Hampshire that brought the issue to the heart of the Republican Party presidential primary. What was the cause of the United States Civil War? A voter in Berlin, New Hampshire, asked Haley, a former South Carolina governor who has staked much of her presidential bid on a strong performance in the Granite State. Haley fell back on an assertion that has historically been seized upon by people sympathetic to the South, that the war was not fundamentally about slavery, but about federal power. I think the cause of the Civil War is basically how government was going to run, the freedoms and what people could do and couldn't do, Haley said, before continuing on to discuss in broad terms the importance of the role of government and what the rights of the people are. The man who asked the question, who refused to give reporters his name or party identification, of course, told Haley that he was surprised she did not mention the word slavery. What do you want me to say about slavery, Haley said. Historians have long concluded that the southern states' desire to preserve and expand the institution of slavery was the driving force behind a war that led to the deaths of at least 620,000 Americans. It was emphasized in numerous speeches by leaders on both sides of the time. Now, wait a second here. It wasn't a driving force behind the war. It was a driving force, perhaps, behind secession in some of the states, southern states, but not all of the southern states. In fact, even after seven states seceded from the Union in 1860 and 61, there were still slave states loyal to the, to the United States. North Carolina, Virginia, Maryland, Delaware, Tennessee, Kentucky, Missouri, all those states still loyal to the United States. So what led to the war? Well, it was Lincoln's desire to preserve the territorial integrity of the Union. In fact, there was no war after the Deep South seceded. President Buchanan was still president, and there was no war. What changed? Lincoln's aggressive actions. And so the South believed, and Lincoln knew, as he said, as he told someone who wrote this down, it had the desired effect. The South believed that they would not achieve independence with Lincoln without trying to make a statement. Lincoln was not going to abandon federal property, even when Southerners sent commissioners, this is the other part where Trump is correct, Southerners sent commissioners to the general government to try and negotiate. 
and Lincoln refused. So yeah, the war could have been avoided if there was negotiation. There had to be a war. You would have had an independent South. Or, perhaps, even before that, you would have had South Carolina out of the Union if there was negotiation and settlement. But you wouldn't have had the rest of the South out of the Union. So, I mean, this is all just ridiculous. The war was about Lincoln's desire to preserve the territorial integrity of the Union. He said it. He said it. Openly said it. Explicitly said it. Not literally. I mean, not, not figuratively. Literally, he said it. But, no, the war was about slavery. Haley acknowledges much a day after the town hall following a torrent of backlash from Democrats and Republicans alike. She told a local radio show that, of course, the Civil War was about slavery. Well, that's just her backpedaling, but she was, I mean, it wasn't about slavery. Lincoln even told, <laughs> told Confederate leaders in 1865, if you come back in the Union, you can vote down the 13th Amendment. And uh, there's war doesn't end slavery. I mean, it's still there. He didn't free any slaves during the war. Slavery still existed until 1866 in the United States. Delaware didn't abolish it until December of 1865. This eight months after the war was over, Kentucky was having slave auctions in November of 1865. Clearly, the war didn't end slavery. While politicians on both sides agreed that Haley's initial answer was deficient, the dust-up laid bare other disagreements about the war, its antecedents, and its aftermath. DeSantis, who once taught history at a high school in Georgia, bashed Haley for answering with an incomprehensible word salad, adding that slavery was obviously the heart of the war. But he quickly came under fire from critics who argued that his state has been aiming to downplay the horrors of slavery and limit how Americans' racial history is taught in schools. DeSantis, whose anti-woke agenda has put Florida at the forefront of a nationwide effort to restrict certain books and approaches to teaching about race, last year supported a set of standards for middle school instruction that included teaching how slaves developed skills, which in some instances could be applied for their personal benefit. Again, this is all like a, a whole big nothing burger, but uh, people are trying to make this. It, they have to make it about something. And if you can say that your enemy which your political opponent, which the left considers to be your enemy, is doing something insidious, well, then you're going to lose because they think that their power comes from making this stuff a central focus of the campaign because it deflects of all the, from all the other issues that are much more important. Trump also mentioned slavery while discussing the Civil War this month, but only in passing. Instead, he focused his commentary on what he described as Abraham Lincoln's failure to avert the war through negotiation. The Civil War was so fascinating, so horrible, so horrible, but so fascinating. I'm so attracted to seeing it, he said in Iowa on January 6th. So many mistakes were made. See, there's something I think could have been negotiated. I think you could have negotiated that. He's right. <laughs> Abraham Lincoln did fail to avert the war through negotiation. There could have been a negotiation. This is true. Historians note that multiple attempts at compromise were made in the run-up to the Civil War, and the negotiations came to an impasse over irreconcilable differences over slavery. No. Over the extension of slavery. Over the Constitution. Over what that means. It wasn't over. See, when you say this word slavery, you think it's some kind of moral situation. But no, that's not it. And the South was willing to compromise. The North wasn't going to compromise with the South. The South offered to purchase federal property. Lincoln refused. 
At that point, you could have compromised a settlement that would have only had seven states out of the Union, and there would have been no war at all. Nobody had to die. And you still would have had two slaveholding federal republics in, the United, uh, in, in North America. That would have been the case, because North Carolina, Virginia, Tennessee, all those states would have stayed in the Union. And Lincoln was fine with that, because slavery could not be touched in the states where it already existed. The former president did not, offer, did not offer specifics over what kind of negotiation could have been headed off the war. His rhetoric has resonated with conservative voters, unhappy with what they see as misguided efforts to link historic wrongs with two current inequities and demand rep, reparations for long-ago injustices. Trump has criticized the... I mean, again, we're getting into politics about power. You see, just omitted uh, right there. What the problem is, is we want power. We want reparations for long-ago injustices even though these things don't affect you because you're writing for the Washington Post. Clearly, people hear what you have to say. You're, you're no longer a silenced individual. I mean, again, just stupid. I could go through the rest of this. Um, it's, it's a lot of nonsense. Um, but those are the important points. Those are the important points. And, of course, Biden gets into, you know, uh, 1970s. I don't need anyone, someone who uh, piled around with segregationists in the 1970s. It's, it's Nikki Haley. I don't need any of that. See, they're trying to show that, you know, Biden was just as segregationist all the time. And he had these segregation piles. This is how stupid all this stuff is. The other side of the Civil War discussion is that despite the trauma and the great cost, the nation survived thanks to Lincoln's leadership, said Troy. This is Tevi Troy. This is a bipartisan policy or a bipartisan policy center. The interest in the Civil War reflects these twin concerns about both presidential disagreement and the absence of wise leaders who can navigate us through these challenging times. Yes, a wise leader like Abraham Lincoln who started the war. <laughs> That's what we really need. That's the leadership we need in America right now. Again, history's on the on the ballot in 2024 because it means power. The left wants it because it they think it's a pathway to power for them. The right is recognizing, or at least anyone with a brain recognizes what this means. Uh, it's not even essential to the discussion. There's many other things to talk about. But see you next time on The Brian McClanahan Show. See you then.